Some of that dead air. Dead air. It's a new podcast superhero, Dead Air Devil. What would his powers be? He says nothing. I mean, he has the power to kill any conversation. <laughs> Just like you. Oh. Are you Dead Air Devil? <laughs> a strong start to season two. It's not season two. It is season two. We haven't even done the disclaimer. Okay, the disclaimer then. Go on. Warning! This disclaimer may be the same disclaimer as season one. Also, we kind of started already, so if we said bad language and content, it's already it's already in your earballs, so... I don't think we did. Good luck with that. I, I don't think we dropped any Season balls. two, we're getting clean. No, we are not. Second disclaimer from T, because you know it's serious. He's a dirty bum rag. Today's topic is something that's going to hit very hard for some people. Between them. Between the, the what? What were you going to say? The legs. I was going to say eyes. Is that how they got blinded? No, I wasn't really. I was going to say ass cheeks. Oh, okay. So today we're going to be talking about something, um, and I just want to say that if you're offended by this, and you have legitimate sort of issues, then fine. But if you're offended because you see your reflection in the mirror with what we're going to be talking about... Not many people do that in that condition. No, that's very true. Or vampires. Here's a reference for you, T, that you won't get. You are Colin Robinson. I'm going to Google Colin Robinson. <laughs> you won't like what I've said. <laughs> You're well, you can Google it and then we'll put it in next week and then you can decide how annoyed you are for next week's episode. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with T and Cleves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Welcome, everyone, to episode 51 of Seesaw, coming from the floor of 402. We're not always at the top. Sometimes we're in the middle, just hanging out. Well, for episode 50, we're on floor 50. I don't think that was ever referenced. It wasn't. Um, so, how's things, Cleves? It's Black Friday today, just for reference. So, we've dated the podcast by about a week. Yes. Nice. Did you buy anything? No. I bought into my own hype. Oh. It was surprisingly cheap. <laughs> on offer, in fact. For less than zero. Is that an evergreen offer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's buying it. I keep selling it, but no one's buying <laughs> It's damaged goods. Like, you know when you get 20p off of rice pudding with a dent in the can? That's what your hype is. Dented rice pudding. Oh. And if you don't know what rice pudding is... It's, a, sure it's a very British dessert. It is. I don't think Americans have it, do they? I've never heard I would, of it. I would hope not. I think our Indian listeners will know because they have something similar where it's like cinnamon and rice with cream and stuff like that. That's basically what it is. Creamy it's, rice. It's creamy rice and it's sweet and with vanilla and stuff like that and you can put cinnamon in it. It's a very British thing. I think last time I had it, I was still wetting the bed. So Last week. Last week. See, I just go. It's one, it's one directly related to the other. Every time you have rice pudding, you wet the bed. It's uncontrollable. I mean, I'm not going to say there's a correlation. In your mouth, out your peel. But there might be a cause. To be fair, it's at the other end that you're going to have to worry about with rice pudding. A lot of sugar and rice, I mean, that's, that's not going to be nice. It rhymed, though. Let's move on. 
taking forever to get into this fucking episode. You're the one that explained rice pudding to people. I don't know what it is. Most people that listen to this are going to know what rice pudding is. Well, only 40% of our listenership is in the UK, so maybe not. Unfortunately, I'm 50%. <laughs> Using a VPN in India, are we? <laughs> no, the other 40% is India. The last 10% is you using a Canadian VPN. <laughs> I have been busted. That stands for very pornographic knobhead, by the way. Okay, so this week's episode, much like the fabled lemon, is about bitterness. Have you ever heard the phrase, if life gives you lemons? Mate, gin and tonic? Yes. <laughs> That's a reference. If you get that reference, don't tweet us. Tweet Jaya. So this week, instead of doing actual research or getting a guest, <laughs> we, decided to, <laughs> we decided to do classic seesaw, which we did last week. Again... Because it was very much requires no research or a guest. Oh, the guests are coming. The guests are coming. So this week we thought we would talk about something that's quite prominent across disability, but we're going to focus on the, the blinky side of things because that's what we know. And I don't want the wheelchair people getting angry with me. That's how they like to be known. <laughs> they get really angry. <laughs> oh, man. This is so shit. So, Cleves, this week we're going to be talking about bitterness and blind people being bitter. So, do you want to give like a rundown of what, what we're going to be talking about? Because I think this is something that we've chatted about before, but you want to turn into a topic. Oh, you all right. You've, I feel like you've thrown this as a Cleves topic again. Oh, no, no, no. It's a joint topic, but I think you could flesh this out about where the inception of this was. Basically, people who have a disability are bitter about it. And they think the world fucking owes them. Oh, I'm fucking disabled. Therefore, do things for me. You guys owe me because I'm a... I was going to say spaz. But, you know, whether you've got spazzy eyes or ears or legs or hands or mental health problems. Oh, it's nice about that one. You know, they're like, oh, the world is the problem, not me. I think especially with blind people, there's a sort of attitude, and not with everyone... But there's an attitude that the world does owe them a favour. And I've seen this throughout my life. I mean, at the blind college, you see it a lot. Strong phrase. I mean, they don't see it. But, yeah, you can see it. And on social media, you do see it as well. And I'm not going to say that advocacy isn't a good thing. I think advocacy is a really good thing. And I think the world has to get better. But at the same time, meeting halfway is also something that is important. And this sort of goes into the whole, like, don't be a Gary and bitch about everything. But it seems like a lot of blind people, they like to have a bit of a moan about everything. I mean, I don't think that's wholly down to blind people. I think it's disabled people generally, I find. Yeah, I I think so as well. Because the world isn't equipped to deal with their issues. I get that, and that's what pisses them off. And it's just like, well, no, you're you're the fucking minority. You need to adapt as much as the world does. I think that's what we're going into, is the attitude that the world should be 100% accommodating. And in an ideal world, yes, that's what we want, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. And it's it's a slow process, and sometimes you just don't have to pick these fights all the time. I'm just going to say it. Like Sometimes things aren't a big deal, and there's things that you can do as a disabled person 
to negate some of the issues. But I've seen a lot of instances where the disabled person will willingly just go into a situation or moan about something which either doesn't matter or they had control over. And it just, it winds me up, quite frankly. So if we go back to blindness in general, if you're born blind, I suppose that you're going to have like a, a bit a different perspective to someone who develops blindness through an accident or a degenerative condition. What you're saying is who's more bitter? People that were born blind or people that went blind? Well, what do you think? Well, I became or started to go blind when I was sort of eight, nine years old. It's got progressively worse as I've got on older. And at points, has that made me bitter? Yeah. But um, I've, I've learned to deal with that. I don't hold it against people or the world. And as a kid, I didn't didn't bother me. And as I became an adult, it started to bother me. But you start have this realisation that it's not other people or the world and that you actually can adapt to it. It's really not their problem. It's kind of my problem. And if I can adapt, then why the fuck am I not adapting? I don't blame everyone else for my own fucking blindness. It's no one's fault. Yeah, I mean, I, I was born with it. All right, Lady Gaga. Aren't you born that way? I don't know Gaga. I know some of her songs. Big time fan. Long time listener. Yeah, yeah, I'm a monster. Or whatever it is. Cock. <laughs> Fucking cock. Wow. So I was born with it. And I will be the, I will agree with you, like there have been times in my life where I have been bitter, but I will hold my hands up and be like, I don't think the world owes me anything. There have been times where I've been bitter, but that's my own hang up. And I think if you're disabled, you are always gonna have that time, sort of here and there. But I've never really expressed it in a way which could be perceived as in the way that I've seen it happen. What's that way? So, like, if I can't read a menu, and this is before, like, smartphones or anything like that, I don't curse the world and particularly that restaurant for not being better. You know, I, I, <laughs> I just... would love to see you in a restaurant. I can't read this menu. Banging on the table. Curses! <laughs> I mean... Just stood up, like, for no reason, screaming it, and everyone looking at you like, what was this guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things. But no, I've never had that sort of attitude of, oh, the world has to make it easier for me because I've always had the attitude that I'm not going to have any favours. And I've said this in previous episodes, the world isn't going to do you any favours, so you've got to make your own adaptations and do the best that you can. Here's an easy way to read the menu and find something that you like if you can't read the menu and there's not a Braille copy or you don't have a magnifier. Hey, what are you thinking of having? I don't know, maybe I'll have this, 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 or this. There you go, you've got four options. Pick one, just do it, go with it. Or just ask for chicken. The chicken what, sir? Oh, uh, you know, the, 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 the special chicken. So we go back to the topic. I think it depends on the individual. If I was going to play devil's advocate here, I would say that if you have your eyes taken in a horrific accident, you might be a bit bitter about the world, a bit more bitter. I think you get used to it. And oh, so you're life. saying if it happens suddenly, you're more likely to be bitter than if it happens gradually, like in my case. Yes. It's a steeper learning curve, isn't it? Because it's like if you lose your legs in a car accident or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or in a, the Vietnamese War, for example. Poor Lieutenant Dan. Magic legs. He did get magic legs. But I think that if it happens suddenly, you're going to have the situation where 
it, there's such a steep learning curve to adapt where I think the bitterness will come in. I think it's not so much it could be more bitter, I think it's just going to be intensified. I think it's the fact the life that you used to have will now be harboured by your disability. That You're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that you used to do. And the things or at least you not do. straight away. And the stuff you do now is going to be a lot harder to do. And even just mundane things, like going to the bathroom. Cooking. Cleaning yourself. With a rag on a stick. I mean, it's the best way. This episode is reference heavy. <laughs> it is reference heavy. So, on that, if we touch on that, do you think you get more bitter the blinder you become? No. Because mine, well, not me personally, because it's happened gradually over time. So, I don't notice it on a day-to-day basis, but then if I think about what I could see maybe... 10 years ago, or even two years ago, as opposed to where I'm at now, I haven't, I haven't, because it's such a gradual step, I haven't really noticed it. Again, it's more of the, if it's taken from you really quickly, I think is the problem. But if it's the question of, if, if you're more blind, generally, are you more bitter than someone that's less blind? Let's say, am I less, am I more bitter than someone that says, just got a nystagmus or something like that? I don't know, possibly. It's a spectrum, isn't it? I get frustrated with my condition, and I don't want to say it's bitterness. Oh, it's bitterness. I get frustrated. Same difference. But I'm not bitter at the world. I feel you're more bitter than I am. I I think I am. (laughs) But I think, because it's a spectrum, I think it's very difficult to gauge if you would be more bitter, like, the the less sight you have. It also comes down to your outlook on life. How you've always dealt with it is going to be an element... If you've been wrapped in cotton wool, you might be oblivious to it, providing that people are always doing your stuff for you. So I think your circumstances really dictate things. I will say from experience, when I got my guide dog, I had more sight than I have now. And now that he's retired, I find it very difficult to get around. And I will say I get a li- I'm a little bit bitter about things. But that bitterness is placed in the, the sense of I've had a situation before with a guide dog where... I was completely independent and I was happy with things. So my bitterness is more placed to the whole... The fact that you've not learned to use your cane. I... Okay. (laughs) I hate using the cane. I know I have to, but I hate using it because a guide dog for me is so much better. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but it's so much better for me. And I used a guide dog for eight years as my mobility aid. And have that taken away is difficult. And I suppose my bitterness is faced towards the whole guide dog's turnaround for getting you a new dog isn't quick. And the fact they lost my paperwork and didn't tell me for eight months, that really wound me up. And there was a bit of bitterness there because I feel as though I would have had a dog by now. And it's putting a roadblock in my way. And that's what I get bitter about. Because I want to be back at the office and I'm still working from home and everyone's back at the office and it's too much of a pain in the arse without a dog. Well, you could use learn to use a cane. I could, but I have a choice in this, don't I? Well, not at the minute. Well, no, I can. I do. I can wait for a new dog or I can learn to use a cane. So those are my choices. But it's not really a choice. Is it? That's not the, that's not the choice, is it? You, the choice that you're saying is stay at home or learn to use a cane. That's true, but if we flip it on its head, if someone who's been in a wheelchair for a decade then has their wheelchair taken away because of, I don't know, they didn't get PIP or something like that, and they're told they have to go to crutches, 
Life is harder for them using the crutches. Even if they know how to use them, it still makes life harder. They can still get to where they want to, but it takes longer. It takes more energy out of them. It's more draining. And it might not be appropriate in the situations where it's always been before. That's true. But what you're saying is, I don't want to use the crutches. I'd rather just stay at home. You know me. I'm using my long cane. Terribly. But I am using it. I mean, you hold it. Yeah. Half the bow. It's not half the bowel. <laughs> if you're not holding it, you don't get anywhere. You do, you get to the same place. I I am a lot better with my dog. Like I, I'm faster, I'm more confident. I just prefer the dog. I'm very slow with a long cane, even when I'm using it properly. I'm very slow, I'm very nervous, I'm very twitchy. I don't like it. So I want to go back to a dog because I'm I'm lazy. I want my mobility to be mindless. Right, there we go. Yeah, that's that's the reason. Yeah. I want my mobility to be mindless because I've gotten used to that. But let's bring us back onto the topic. This isn't about me. Well, it kind of is. That was the point. Yeah. If you're more blind, are you more bitter? But it's circumstantial bitterness. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm more bitter. I just think I'm bitter about things which annoy me. But I'm not going to rant on Twitter about them. It's going to be passive-aggressive on a podcast. <laughs> okay. So, with this bit of bitterness, so moving on from this, do you think that there are some legitimate claims to being bitter, like in general, when you're disabled about the world? Or is it just more their hang-up to have? There's a legitimate claim in the sense that the world isn't equipped to, to, see, to deal with disabled people yet. Because it's too much, as you say, of a spectrum in terms of disability. And there's too many things that people need to accommodate that, that, that most normies don't even realise. The thing is, for me, a lot of disabled people can get around these things quite easily, but instead make a big old fucking song and dance of it. And there's some legitimacy to that in the sense that, you know, highlight the problems, maybe they'll get better. But I'm also saying on the opposite side of the coin, why are you being a prick about it? Yeah, I get it. And I think with this... I, I I still agree that there there are legitimate claims, but like you said, there are ways around it, and I think there's just like a, a whinging for whinging sake in some situations. And even though the world is not equipped, I think the expectations are far too high for some people. I think that's one of the big issues, is that they expect the world to be able to accommodate them in every single way, and because disability is a spectrum, there is no way of making the world 100% accessible for 100% of people. There's always going to be a shortfall. So all you can do is the best. Like Society would do its best. And I'm not saying that there aren't improvements that can't be made. Like, they, like Ramps need to be mandatory for everything. If you can't get into a premises because you're in a wheelchair, then there's a problem there. Maybe it's a listed building. But if that's the case, then the council needs to address that. You you can put a ramp in without destroying the steps. Yeah, true. Like it's just laziness a lot of the time. Or like no, uh, people want to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I think the expectation of disabled people, like I said, I think it's just a bit too high. And like, I, okay, there might be a pub where their disabled toilet is down a flight of stairs, and I know a few pubs in Nottingham that are like that. That are down a flight of stairs. It's like, this is impossible. Why is it disabled toilet down the stairs? Name one. It, it changed its name to the good, the bad, and the drunk. I don't know what it used to be called. I can't remember. But you've got to go down a flight of stairs to all the toilets. Right, fair. 
Right, so based on that, are are you bitter or are we bitter about it? I kind of brought this up. I don't think I am. No. But then other people might think I am. I try not to be. I try to laugh it off. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, I, we've already touched on it, but I think I'm more bitter than you. <laughs> but again... Why f- do you think that is? Is it because your sight affects you, do you think, more than it affects me? I think because you've always had a support network around you. That is a good point, actually. Like, with your friends. Yeah, that is a very good point. Whereas I've never really had that. So, with me, it's always been something I've had to deal with myself. Mm. And not really had that there. Even when we're out with, with friends now, I feel uncomfortable about getting help from people. Even though I know they're happy with it and they're used to it with you, I'm still uncomfortable about that. And that's just me. That's my hang-up. But I think, I, aside from that, I'm. it's very circumstantial. Like, when I was unemployed for three years, I was very bitter. When I wasn't getting jobs, and I knew it was because of my disability, maybe not 100% of the time, but a lot of the cases it would have been, that made me very bitter. Just because I wanted to be an active member of society. Like, I didn't want to be, like, the blind guy sitting on the doll the world paying me like I didn't want the world to owe me anything that's a sweet life though bro maybe for some but <laughs> not for me but I think that's what I got bitter about at that time it was I don't want to be one of these stereotypical disabled people who don't work and just gets all the money from the on the government because I want to contribute I spent all that time in education all that money in student loans in education I wanted to work so you can pay them back. Basically, yeah. I didn't want to have that debt there. And that's where my frustration came in, when I went to loads of interviews, countless interviews, and I just didn't get any callbacks. Do you think that's potentially the area you were in as well? Because you came to Nottingham and got work within like two weeks. I think that was a bit of, yes, there was more going. And I think also at the same time, I had a lot of experience at that point. Whereas I was fresh out of university the first time around. So I didn't have any experience. And this was at the peak of the recession. But I did voluntary work, all sorts of stuff. I made my CV as a, like, appealing as it possibly could be. But it didn't really help. And when you don't get feedback, that's the toughest thing. When they refuse to give feedback. And I think that's what made me bitter. And that's when mental health issues started. But I, like I said, I think mine... My bitterness is circumstantial. I'm not bitter about, like, in general, I wouldn't say I'm bitter. I think life is fine. I've always adapted where I can. I adapt at work. I always have done. I adapt at home. I, I never force anyone to to walk by the beat of my drum. I will make sure that what I do works around everyone else. And maybe that shouldn't be the case. But at the same time, the world isn't set up to be fully accommodating 100% across the board. And like I said, I don't think that ever will be the case. So I think that disabled people who are really pushing this are fascists because they want the world to bend to their needs. And it's not going to happen just because like this majority of people bending to the minority. Chops an F-bomb. Well, it is, Happy isn't with it? that. <laughs> do you have another way of putting it not really I just think you know people are 
people are bitter. I mean, it's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. People are, people are more happy to blame other people and other things than deal with their own issues, I find. Yeah. And that's not just disabled people. That can be anyone. True. Do you think if you stay active, it makes you less bitter? Definitely. Like if you fill up your timetable. Oh, 100%. If, you, if, if, if you're a disabled person, whether you're, you've gone blind or, you know, gone disabled, <laughs> yeah. you just, like someone's chosen it, I'll go disabled today. Like if a that, shit RPG. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's happened to you over time or you're born with it, but your life is filled with hobbies, friends, a job, etc., and your time has meaning, then yes, I definitely think you're less bitter. If you sat there stewing inside your own head for days on end, then yeah, I think you're going to be bitter as fuck. Yeah, and I think it's empowering as well. And even if the world is lacking for your needs in certain areas, especially with hobbies and stuff like that, you have control and it's something you can adapt to and you can excel in within your own sort of mind. And I think that's empowering. Like, okay, like, your city centre might not be accessible for you. It might have some of these asphalt art, which means you can't go to the town because there's one in that road and apparently studies show that that's going to put you off and you'll never go to town again. That's a big leap. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very big leap. But, okay, you can't control that. And you might be bitter about that. But you might really like working with felt. And you might like doing a lot of felt art and stuff like that. And you have full control over that. And you can sell it on Etsy and hipsters will buy it. But that's empowering because you have 100% control over that. You make it so that you are able to do that. Granted, there's hobbies you won't be able to do. And you're not going to find empowerment in those. But there's, there's people I know who have, like, you love your music. And that's something that your disability isn't a barrier. You just do it. Yeah, and it's empowering for you because it takes that disability, and it's like it's not even a factor. It's not a consideration. That's true. And I think that's what what you need to balance it out with when it comes to your own time. I think that's why we do the podcast. The disability is not a barrier here. No, we do it because we enjoy doing it. Enjoy is a strong word. Spending half an hour with you each week is it's like community service for me. <laughs> okay, so community service like you're being punished. Because yeah. it made me not like a... If you said it was like charitable service, I would feel a little bit worse about it. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to think you're being punished yeah, as opposed to being a charity yeah, case. Yeah, a pity case, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's fair. See, all about context. So let's, uh, let's do the big question. Does the world of disabled people a favour? So, sort of. It owes them a small favour. Like a, I don't know. Can you can you go to the shop and get me some eggs? Because I'm really busy. It owes me one of the, it owes them one of those papers. If <laughs> they asked you to get me eggs this week, yeah, it's probably where I it's probably where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. And I told you to go fucking look around the kitchen. <laughs> I found them. I found some eggs. But yeah, I, the world needs to change to become more accessible. But at the same time, I I, I find from my own personal perspective, that it's easier for that one person to adapt to the world than it is to get the world to adapt to them. So whilst that's taking time for the world to adapt, 
stop being a little bit of an arsehole about it, and how about you fucking make some changes? I mean, if if I'm going to play the other side here, I agree with you. If I'm going to play the other side, why should I adapt? Why can't the world just be better? Well, you <laughs> you don't have to adapt, but it takes a long time for the world to ad- the world to adapt. So, if you don't want to adapt, that's fine. Stay at home and be a fucking hermit. There you go. I agree. I think the world doesn't owe you a favour. I think it's obligated to help and make it so that you can function in society, but not a favour. I I think that that's the responsibility of society to do. And as you said, it does take time. It's going to take time to do it. So don't be an arsehole about it as you go, because it's, it is a process and it's never going to be perfect. The thing is, if you go around and blame the world and you don't adapt yourself, you're literally harbouring yourself. Yes. You're really just restricting your own life and the things that you can do. And there's a lot of amazing disabled people out there who do crazy things for their li- like for their jobs and hobbies, and they make that adaptation. And for every one of those, I would say there's a hundred disabled people who just like to use it, those like barriers as excuses for not doing anything. And I think that's unfair. So, no, the world doesn't owe disabled people a favour. I, I, I would say no. With the caveat that you pointed out. I mean, financially, not at all. Get a fucking job. Some people can say, oh, yeah, but the, like, society, because it's not equipped, should give us money so that we can make it accept- like, accessible for ourselves. And this is always going to be an argument. I'm I totally against that. would not agree with that. I think that you should... Like, wheelchairs are fucking expensive. I think they should be free. Yeah. And not the shit NHS ones that are free. They should be subsidised by the government. Long canes should be subsidised by the government. And not and they are. I know you can go to the council and get one for free. But if you want one that's, like, decent, you need to pay. And you need to pay a fair amount. I don't think that should be the case. I think that everything should be available and that should be subsidised. But at the same time, you shouldn't be getting money. If you have problems which mean you can only use public transport, then I think that should be subsidised. We've spoken on this before, haven't we? Like mm-hmm. the, the free bus for disabled people is, is paired with the OAP stuff, and that's not fair. Because I've got to get to work before half nine. If I can't use, if I can't drive, even though I would drive, then that's taken an option off of me. So, but we digress. So don't be a Gary. More of the story. Yeah. No one likes Gary. My MD's called Gary. <laughs> I know a lot of people named Gary. We're being a bit anti-Gary. We probably shouldn't be. It. It's with two R's. Gary. Gary. <laughs> I should have chosen a different name. So, as always, if you have an idea about this, let us know. If you do want to give a different perspective, go ahead. You will he- get all the social media links coming up, um, as well as... Cleves pretending to be a farmer. Why have I pretended to be a farmer? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way of closing the episode. Alright, my lovelies, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You'll find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places.
This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience. Who's Colin Robinson? <laughs> just a guy. Come, just come a guy. on, he's not just a guy. You he's said it with guy. malice of forethought. Oh, on. I did. I 100% did. Come on. Out of it. You will have to Google it. No, I'm not fucking Googling it. You, you just tell me now. No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to Google.